1: We have a crowd favorite on the podcast today. Do you guys know who it is? Are you ready? Are you ready to hear from one of our amazing friends, Megan Stone? Hello, baby. Welcome to the show. Well, hi. Thanks so much for having me. You guys have heard from Megan a lot. Some of you have heard from her in like our private mastermind setting inside some of our programs. We've had a couple of lives with her talking about results in her business. You know that she's an Etsy shop wonder, a tutu creator, and all of the amazing things. But actually, none of that is what we're talking about today. Today, we are getting super deep, super real a little uh, personal today, crossing those boundaries a little bit of maybe what you should and shouldn't talk about (laughs) publicly in front of thousands of people. You know, we don't really know what boundaries are. So we attract friends who also do not know what boundaries are. Today, we're talking about retiring your husband. And you can swap husband for wife or spouse or partner Whatever you want, the concept is the same. Megan has success. I'll say done that. I don't know if you want me to use the word successfully done that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're we're like a one year in. I don't know if you can call it a success yet,
1: but it's a work in progress. I guess. I love that. So one year in, I think it's going to give us a really good idea of the work that you took to get there, Mm -hmm. and kind of some of those like stumbling steps that y'all probably took at the beginning because it's still fresh enough where it pretty recently happened. But I feel like also after a year, you're kind of like, okay, you've worked out a couple of kinks and you might have some really great foundations to lay for people, some mistakes and all that good stuff. So we're just going to like dive into it. So tell us a little bit about uh, how that all started. How did the conversation happen? Was it a thing that you even knew that you wanted to do when you were over there making tutus? Yeah, um, honestly,
2: no, none of my life within the last five years has ever been something that I wanted to do or ever imagined myself doing. So it's just all kind of happened organically. I started the business just extremely for fun, like five years ago, and threw a few headbands up on Etsy and called it good. And then things just kind of snowballed. And I'm very much a person like if I have a goal, then like get out of my way, I'm going to go do it. So I just started setting little tiny goals. Okay, well, now I'm going to sell 35 of these products and just kind of build momentum from there. And it got to the point where we had a daughter who was two and we were with my son and looking at childcare costs and trying to figure out what do we want our family to look like for the next, you know, five, 10, 15 years while we're raising these little tiny humans. And we realized my mom and my mother-in-law were watching my daughter during the day while we both worked full time. And it was amazing. It was awesome. Like I would never trade those years for anything because the, my, her grandparents got to basically like raise her. It was amazing. And then when my son, we were pregnant with my son, we had a hard time getting pregnant. We had a hard time staying pregnant and then we were pregnant with him and there was complications nearly the entire pregnancy. I was in the ER a bunch of times for preterm labor and it was just ridiculous. So your entire world and your entire the center of your universe just becomes these children. And so I was working a full-time job at a local bank that I absolutely loved. I had gotten to where I wanted to be in that position. I was making decent money. and But then you start to realize the trade-offs of a job like that and what you're getting up in order to walk into a 9-to-5 or, you know, it was basically like an 8-to-7. I mean, it was a huge commitment every single day. And so when I was about 8 months pregnant with my son – I woke up on a Saturday morning. I'll never forget. And I rolled over to my husband and said, yeah, I'm quitting on Monday. (laughs) And we just, he just looked and was like, okay. Right. Um, So we crunched some numbers. We sat down at the dining room table and literally laid out the entire business and how much we would need to make in order to become, you know, a self-sufficient work at home mom. And we just crunched all of the possible numbers, our entire budget for our family, everything that we could possibly grow the business to be and just like laid out. And he said, this is the number that I need you to make in order for us to make this work every month. So I said, okay, cool. I got a goal. So I'm gonna go crush it because that's just what I do. So in the beginning, it was just very much like, let's just get month to month. Let's make sure that we can, I can afford to quit and stay home with my children and still be able to pay the bills and and run a business. So that was in 2014 and, yeah, 14. And he was at a job that he liked, but he didn't love. And he had great hours for our like schedule. So he was up at three thirty in the morning, going to work, and then he would come back home. He'd be home by like one thirty or two. Mm-hmm. So it worked really well when we were raising the babies because he would come home right during nap time, and then I would jump into work and finish work for the business, hit the post office, and then we'd still have evenings. It was the craziest like year and a half because I felt like I saw him for 20 minutes during the day. And then that was it. Like we were both crashed on the bed at like nine o'clock every night. Like I just never saw him. And then I would stay up later and work till two o'clock in the morning to get orders done. So the entire thing was just kind of a whirlwind in the very beginning. And it got to the point where I was making basically double our income. And we just had this expendable cash. It was just such a weird feeling. It was like, Mm -hmm. this just feels like too much. Honestly, like we're very simple people. We don't carry debt. Like it just felt like, I feel like I'm at target every single day buying way Mm -hmm. above what I should be buying. And that's just not the kind of people that we are. And that's not the kind of people that we Mm want to raise. You know, we wanted to raise our children to be uh, mindful of how much they're consuming and know the difference between, needs and wants and to know the difference between hard work and value and really cherishing what you have in life and so that's kind of I decided we don't need this much money and he said I don't think so either so Uh he quit his job in June of 2016 and Uh we basically cut our income in half and we rely on the business to support us 100% It is the strangest Uh feeling ever, but it is so freeing in every sense of the word. I just absolutely love it. It is something that I don't take for granted. And Um. I know at like a moment's notice, everything could go down the shitter and it would just (laughs) be over. But there's almost this sense of peace, like that's okay, because the worst thing in the world would be that we would go out and get normal nine to five jobs, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of, that was our driving force, raising the children to be the kind of people that, that we want to see in the world. And how do we make that happen? And that is uh-huh. by running this business and being two stay at home parents.
1: Well, talk to me about navigating that balance of feeling extremely proud of what your talents your creativity and your strategy have been able to do for you and your family with coupled with the fear that your entire family relies on that. Yeah. It's like carrying two giant rocks all at the same time
2: (laughs) because that's terrifying. I mean, it is. I've, I thrive off of chaos. My husband does not. He thrives. Yes. Off of order and peace and, middle of the fairway, you know, he's uh-huh. very calm. And I am just very much more of like a I like standing really close to the fire just to see how it feels. Yeah. So so it's kind of an odd mix. I I love the creativity. I've always been a creative person. I always have liked to get my hands dirty. I painted forever and ever. I loved photography growing up. So there's always been a little bit of artsy in me. And I love that piece of my business and it's what keeps me going every day because it's fun and it kind Mm -hmm. of fuels my soul. But it changed when we decided to make this an actual like career and an actual business, it changed. And now a piece of that creativity is actually running a business and how that fuels my creative soul and how that Mm -hmm. makes me feel like a, an actual alive human being. So they kind of go hand in hand, but, but yeah, that weight of, this is literally our only income. And if I don't do my job and do it well, Mm -hmm. then we don't have money. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, it's kind of a weird feeling and there is a lot of weight to it, but there's also a lot of, there is no income cap at the jobs that we were in. There was. You made as much as you could make, and then you had to beg for raises every year and sit through awful, like, whatever, meetings and stuff to talk about. Yes, reviews. Yes. Yes. And see on paper grades and numbers and all that bullshit about corporate life. I hated it. I hated it. I loved my job. I loved who I worked for. I loved my manager and my mentor. But I hated sitting down and trying to negotiate things like that because Mm
1: -hmm. the numbers
2: never added up for me. Like it didn't matter how much they wanted to pay me because I never felt like this is not fulfilling what I need for my family. And now because we rely solely on this income, I do feel like I can provide the right kind of money for my family because there is no income cap. However hard I want to work and whatever skills I want to give and learn and grow this business, I have a uh, 100% capability to do that. And it feels awesome.
0: So talk to me about preparing. So, I mean, what conversations led to, I mean, obviously there had to be, you didn't like up and decide. I mean, you did up and decide to quit, but the up and deciding to quit or you're having your husband quit, like there had to be some lead up to that, especially since you knew it was going to slash your income in half. So what conversations did the two of you had and what numbers did you crunch to really prepare for that? And how did you know how you were going to handle it internally? Because it was going to drastically change the dynamic of your home.
2: Yeah. So when I quit my job, he was still working. So it was mostly a matter of, can I cover the cost of like groceries and like the expendables kind of stuff? His paycheck brought in what we needed to cover, like the house bills, the phone, you know, that kind of stuff. So my income needed to be like, how do we buy groceries and gas and things like that? So it was easier to plan When I quit, because the quantity of the money was smaller. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we were pregnant. We knew I was going to take time off after the baby. So we'd already kind of stockpiled money in knowing that I would take three months off. So when I quit, we still had that cushion in the bank where it was like, okay, we at least have three months of this. So the goal in my Mm -hmm. head and what we sat down and we talked about, we crunched all those numbers. We said, okay, if you, if your business does not make any money, we at least have three months worth of cash stocked away and we'll be able to, you know, you can go out and get another job if this doesn't work. Right. And so we had right. that that three month cushion. Well, we hit the three month mark and I was like, woohoo, like we did it. Like this is still working. We hadn't touched that money and we had just been building and growing and the business was still thriving. And We just kept stockpiling money during that time when when essentially he was working and I was growing the business. We just kept stockpiling money. And I got to the point in 2016 that I said to him, if you don't quit your job, I have to shut down the shop because orders were coming Mm -hmm. in so fast. I could not keep up. I was was up till Mm -hmm. two o'clock in the morning and then the babies would wake up at 630 or seven o'clock in the morning. And I was going to break and there we mm-hmm. were at a two week turnaround and there was 178 orders in the queue on the day that he quit. So I basically said, oh my we have so much money that if you don't quit, like, will the whole thing is going to implode. And so, yes, we kind of had money stockpiled away, but it's not like we sat down and figured, okay, like, it, like we crunch numbers to the extent of, can we survive and how long can we survive? Right. And, then, and right. then you just kind of have to like do it. That's the crazy feeling in the entire yep. world. But you literally have to just cut the bungee cord and just do it. And that fire in me was like, okay, for when I quit, we knew we had three months. And when Casey quit, my husband quit, we knew we had six months. And so when that Mm six-month mark hit, we were still making money. We were still surviving. Let's just keep going. And so then it became, we'll make it a year. And now that it's been a year, it's like, let's make it the rest of our lives. (laughs)
0: Let's just do this. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. How did you know, like, why the decision to have him quit versus hiring Yep. Someone to help you pack orders because ultimately yep. it was a capacity issue. As a product-based business, you, I mean, just to put this in perspective for people, you you reach a point where you literally just cannot fulfill the orders that are mm-hmm. coming in. And if you scale any more, you're going to get angry customers who are frustrated yes. and pissed off and you just <laughs> can't handle the service that you need to provide. Right. And so... You know, for a digital company like Emily and I, like our scalability is vastly different. We can scale umpteenth times and never run into a capacity Uh issue because we can resell the same product and not have a fulfillment problem. And I hate you and I love you for that at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) But tell me, like, the rationality between. Uh I can hire I truly like you could have hired someone like yes. a mom down the street part-time to come help pack orders. Mm-hmm. Why have your husband quit and create that like new dynamic in your family? Yeah. He said the same thing. <laughs> he was like, What are we doing? <laughs>
2: um, so we, I had someone coming three days a week to watch the kids When we got to that point where it was like I had a two-week turnaround and hundreds of orders in the queue, I asked um, a family member to come watch the kids for a few hours every day so that I could just focus, dedicate time. And I hated it, and I loved it at the same time. The kids got one-on-one time with someone, and it felt awesome because I could essentially work during that time and then shut the door and be able to spend the rest of the afternoon with my kids. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to keep that. and then she went on to do something else and I was stuck at home with the two kids again. Not, I shouldn't say stuck at home with the two. That's awful. Mm-hmm. I love my children. <laughs> I'm not saying stuck, but no, yeah, I, that, I, you know what I, I mean? You it. get that feeling of like, okay, there's so much stuff to get done upstairs, but Oh my God, I want to play Barbies with you all day. Like this is a mm-hmm. lot of fun. And so there's just different dynamics. So the thought was, yes. Okay. Here's what we could do. Hire someone to come in and watch the kids and then I would be able to work full time or we hire someone in to come in a couple hours a week and help me or you quit the job that you hate right. already. That's not filling you with any sort of joy that I worry you're going to come home one day and say, OK, I just quit. And now like I got fired because I punched my boss mm-hmm. like he. You know, he wasn't in a position (laughs) where he was like, no, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, no, he had zero passion for the job that he was in. Mm -hmm. And it was summertime. It was about to be summertime. Our daughter starts kindergarten this year. So at the time she was four. And I remember we had the conversation of this is literally the last year before we send her off into the world. So Even if we just have an amazing summer off with our kids, you know, the two of us working at home and growing a business, having the kind of job where I could do two days worth of orders one day and then be able to take two days off, like having that flexibility to just let's pack up the car and go camping. Like this is the last physical year that we will have with these babies at at this time. And so – it was an easy decision when we put it like that. Do we want someone else to come in and raise our babies? Do we Mm -hmm. want someone to come in and pay money to someone else to do the kind of job that I can do? Or do we want to have a family for this last year and a half of our kids before they grow up, you know, so flipping fast. Um, So when we put it down in those terms, those three options for us, it was an easy decision. And he quit, he gave a month's notice yeah. and, um, you know, kind of helped transition the new employee into his position. So it was, um, we had a lot of time to kind of get things in order and, and, you know, once he made the decision and put in his, his month notice, then it was easy to just kind of like string out our days and be, you know, I trained him at night on how to make tutus bless his heart. You guys, oh my God, he is oh, like baby so angel. handsome. I love this man. He's so attractive. He's got a beard. He's like dark and handsome, and he's tall, and he's just like ripped. Like he's like the manliest man you will ever meet. <laughs> and yeah, he's busting out pink tutus in our office. You know, up to his ears in girly decor. It's just a crack up. I just it it like is, makes me so happy to see this rugged manly man
1: just making these pink tutus. <laughs> so, so what's his other role in sweet chubby cheeks? So he, so you were yeah. moonlighting. Here's how you make a tutu. What else did he start taking on in those first couple of weeks and months?
2: Yeah. So when he quit, we were, I was basically, I felt like I was underwater because the orders were going in so fast. I could not keep up with customer service, balancing books. Like I just could not run the business as a one woman person anymore. And so when he came on, we were literally in survival mode. So we spent Mm -hmm. the first month after he quit his job, just getting out from underneath all those orders, cleaning out my office. I was in the spare bedroom and it was an absolute disaster. I work in chaos. I know where everything is. Don't try to tell me that I've lost something because it's in the mess of things around my desk. But he hated that. He was like, this stresses me out to even walk in this office. I can't do this. So once we kind of got out of survival mode, he really helped me organize. He really helped me get down into systems, like streamlined things. I would set up shop like packaging orders and stuff like that. I never had like a designated space to do anything. I would just like, Ooh, whatever. There's a free corner. And I would just package all the (laughs) items right there. And so I like shove things off to the side, like full, it was bad. So he really, his job kind of went into like, um, you need some, some like consistency in your life. Mm -hmm. And so he helped me organize. He took over a lot of the books. He started balancing things, Etsy transactions, that kind of stuff. So he took over a lot of that. And then he took over a lot of the inventory and really helping me nail down. I felt awful. We were going through cleaning out the office and I thought that I had, uh, I, I found two cases worth of shirts that I had ordered basically double of because I had, I had lost it. Don't tell anyone, but I lost it in my (laughs) office. And it was like, I lost it in my office. I lost it in my office. I had no idea that they were under there, and I had just ordered – I mean, it was like a huge – it was like $500 worth of shirts, and I had ordered oh. it double. And there they were sitting underneath. It was bad. So after we got out of survival mode, his job was to really just like clean up my act, you know, get me out of like the mm-hmm. hustle part of what we were doing. Yeah. And it it's been – Awesome. It's a fully functional office now. It's a good
0: workspace. Yay. Yay. Yeah. (laughs) So after he sort of helped you set up systems, what what's your day to day look like now? What what are you doing in the office on a Monday? And what is he doing? Want to learn exactly step by step how to get paid to generate leads in your business?
2: Yeah. So the kids are still at home. It's summer now. So we have basically, they were in preschool. So we had a few hours like cut out of the day where it was just one of them. And that was way easier. But now we kind of shift, we take shifts. So in the morning time, he's up with the kids. And I work in the office and then he'll come in at like lunchtime. He brings me lunch. He's the best. He makes me sandwiches, like the best sandwiches I've ever had in my entire life. My husband is (sighs) the best sandwich maker. And then we kind of trade. So then the kids go down for a nap and then he comes in and does what he needs to get done. I injured my shoulder, just obviously making tutus for five years Every single day, Dude. it was bound to happen. And we kind of joked about it. Dude, like, it is Dude if, most, if you ever... It is
0: the most common work-at-home injury. Yeah. I I mm-hmm. injured my shoulder yeah. one month into blogging because I was blogging every day and, like, oh. hunching over my keyboard. So, girl, I feel you. Yeah.
2: hmm Oh, my gosh. So, that happened about a month ago, early in July. And I have literally been out of commission for most of the things that I would do on a Aww. normal day. It's been... It's been the biggest blessing in disguise, but it really put the fire under him to like, okay, there's a lot that you do on a daily basis that I don't Mm. know how to do. And so it kind of reversed our roles again. So now he is making a majority of the product and I am taking on more of the raising the kids. And so we've kind of done this shift.
1: And it's that's awesome that it's just like fluid like that, and and it can be like that. Like if you were to if you had brought on an employee or a mom down the street or whatever, like that's not how that's going to work at
2: all. Exactly, and I am the first to admit I am an awful boss. I do not handle stress very well. So if it's four thirty and we have to get to the post office by five thirty, like. I am a monster. I am 100% mm-hmm. not the person that I normally am. And so I were. I, I told my husband, I said, I am not good at this. I will snap at you and bark orders at you and then apologize later. Like, sorry about that. Mm-hmm. And so I knew if we were going to bring on an employee that that would be basically a risk right. that I would have to change how right. I do business and and teach someone in a different way. And it was just at the moment that we were in with a hundred and something orders. I thought if I also have to all of a sudden be a manager, like my head is going to explode. Like it's not going to be good. So, so yeah. So it's been weird dynamics because our marriage is not built like this, but our business life has to be. So in our marriage, like, well, yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, that's exactly where I was wanting yeah. to head is, is, okay, your husband's your employee now. How does that affect things behind the office door? Yeah.
2: It's like the weirdest experience of my life.
1: Yeah. It's
2: bizarre. Yeah. And it's it's still, we're a year in and it's still so hard to compartmentalize like this is our marriage and this is our work life. Yeah. And listening to Jordan and, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on her name, from Sherbert Shop. Oh, mm-hmm. Hillary Hillary. Yeah. Listening to their podcast was so helpful. And you mm-hmm. had the gals, uh, well the husband and wife team from letter folk on too. Yeah. And we listened to that together and it was like, okay, like we can do this. We just need to set up some boundaries. And yeah. we, we talked about it in the beginning. I'm not a very good girl with boundaries. Like I just talk <laughs> about whatever. And it's just hard for me. So, so that is still, I think our number one struggle. Mm-hmm. We are two completely different entities essentially within our home. We are a uh, uh, husband and wife mother and father team and then yeah. we're also business partners and it, I I want to get to the point where we can com- like completely separate the two relationships but uh-huh. I also am realistic that that probably will never happen so we just need to work out some coping skills and some right you know yeah but the dynamic well, is super
1: strange talk to me about I, I you know I I obviously am in a creative business. That's what I do. It's what I've done since 2011. I've never had a quote real job mm-hmm. outside of what I do. And it has taken years upon years for a lot of people in my circle and in my family to understand that what I do is a real job, yeah. um, that I go to work, that I go to an office, that I, I may not clock in, but I have hours and nice. I, I thrive on routine and I have a set schedule, et cetera. Um, I am not retired. I have a flexible schedule, yeah. but I am not retired. <laughs> (laughs) tired. And so now as, as someone who you've not only dealt with that, I'm sure over the years, but now you've brought on your spouse, your partner, your husband, the other adult in your household to do the same thing. How is that? Is it, is it having those conversations together as a team where you fight against that stigma together? Or is it, what does that look like? Yeah, for sure. At every single family
2: party, people still say, right. like, so how's this going? How And he caught so much flack when he very first quit. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of pushback from family members and friends and people kind of making it a joke, but but saying mm-hmm. things like, Oh my God, I can't imagine working for Megan. Or what's it like being, you know, your wife's bitch. Like there was just a lot of flack that, that he got. That is
1: so hard. And
2: I get that it comes from a place of people just 100% not understanding what we do and what it's like to own your right. own business. So I did right. give people a lot of like, you know, I'm just not going to engage. <laughs> like I'm just going to mm. walk away from this conversation. We get a lot of like – I just get a feeling from a lot of people that every single time they ask us, like, so how's it going? Like, they're almost expecting us to say, like, oh, it failed. Like, Casey has to go get a Right. Job. Oh, you know? I, I that. I, yeah. It's so strange. It's like they're they're waiting for you to say, like, oh, it's a pile of crap. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs to go get a full-time job, you know? Right. Uh, and I, and I and I don't. I'm not mad about it. I was at first. It was super offensive when I overheard conversations about like you know I bet it's hard to work for Megan because I'm not mm. that person and we don't have a a partnership like that. Like I'm not the kind of person that is going to treat my husband like crap. Like it was it, so it was right. super strange to hear that from from people. But I do cut people a lot of slack. You just you don't know what it looks like and thanks for all the advice, but go fuck off. Like I, right. right. So, right. So we still get that face of like complete, like, I cannot believe you guys do this. <laughs>
0: and, and we get a lot of like, so you know, advice. Does he, quote does he stand up for you or oh, like, yeah, like, yeah. So What does he say? What does he, what does he bring to that conversation? So my husband is extremely calm and he's extremely,
2: I don't want to say like rides the fence, but he he looks at situations from other people's. Yeah. Yes, you know what I'm He's talking Switzerland. about. Do we have the same husband, Emily? Yeah. Like I feel like we, we have, have the husband. same
0: yeah. husband. Yeah. So I do not. Yes. By the way, <laughs> that I, I, should, <laughs> no, no, I, I understand does not. <laughs> completely, but I do not have the same husband. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So no,
0: Brian is Switzerland oh all God, the
2: time. We literally call ourselves Switzerland when it comes to family things. That is yeah. hilarious. Yes. Yep. Uh, so he is very much like. He doesn't – he's non-confrontational, so it's not like he's going to say, like, hey, uh-huh. go fuck off. Like, in his head, he's right. going, like, well, I can see from his point of – you know, he's very rational. Right. So, yes, he stands up right. for us. And, like an, like an idiot. idiot. I know. Why don't you just go <laughs> tell him to fuck off? But, um, <laughs> but he's very calm about it. You know, he he doesn't engage. He he yeah. stands up for me, but not in a way that's like I'm going to punch you. You know, he's but yeah. Right, but right. he's extremely positive about our business and the choices that we've made. Yeah, I love the way he talks about his family and our kids and just. The life that we are living right now, like when he talks about our business, that is what he ends up talking about, like how much fun it is to spend the days with the kids and how many trips to the park we can take. And so I'm getting a little emotional Mm -hmm. talking about this, but Mm -hmm. it really, it's it's kind of, it's so awesome to see him in this father role now that he's at Mm -hmm. home with the kids full time. Mm -hmm. It's validating in a lot of ways for him to have just that kind of involvement in your kids' life. He's 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 an amazing guy. I couldn't have asked for a better husband and father of my kids, that's for sure.
0: I think society has to redefine success. Oh for sure. Pre-step. Oh my god, yes. I think (laughs) for so long we've we've decided as a society that success means the man goes to work and the man makes the money Mm -hmm. and the woman takes care of the household and the woman makes dinner Mm -hmm. and all this crap. And all of a sudden when we flip the nose on its head and the woman is the one who's the power in the relationship Mm -hmm. and the one who's bringing in the money and bringing home the bacon and the husband is the nurturer, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, like, society just doesn't know how to handle it. Yeah, they have zero clue. Mm -hmm. They just, I don't understand why it has to be such a big deal. Like, Seriously, if you came like from this aspect, like if you came to my household, like I am the one in charge, but I am not the one right. making dinner. Like, yeah, I, like I do, right, I, I right. don't do the laundry. Yeah. I help. I help. I hire the the person to clean our house, but like <laughs> I don't like. Uh-huh. But I, ultimately, yeah. I am I am the male role, mm-hmm. you know, that society has defined for our household. Well, and, like,
1: let us just be good at the things we're good at. I am 100% better at building a business and having mega launches and finding strategic ways to make money. Like, Brian is, like, if you were to say who is a better parent, like, he is 100% a better parent than I am. Like, every realm of the imagination. And so it's, like, let us just be good at that. like. (laughs) Let us yes. just own that. I think 100% I absolutely agree. People
2: still give us advice of like, well, Casey just needs to get a go go get a job, a real job. That's my favorite thing. Keep a job. That's the thing that drives <laughs> me the most crazy. It's like, what do you expect? Do you want people to be miserable just so that they fit in your box of what a family should look like? Yes. Like, that doesn't yes. make any sense. Yes. I, I just, I love what we've created, and I feel bad that uh-huh. it's not what other people want for uh-huh. us, but- have shit like this is what we're doing so
0: get on board or go fuck off
1: (laughs) well
2: exactly
0: I I had this conversation with someone yesterday on the phone and it's like and I think you fall in the same category where you reach this level of success that you like aspired to and you never really thought was possible but all of a sudden you're there and other people do not They never thought this was possible. Like I Mm -hmm. don't work full time. I make plenty Mm -hmm. of money to support my habits and my family and the things Mm -hmm. I aspire to do in my Mm -hmm. life. And I can spend my free time the way I want to spend my free time. Whether that is doing something else creative or building another business Mm -hmm. or like literally anything. And like to uh, outsiders, they're like you take Mondays off. What are you doing? I'm like, dude, I can do whatever the F I want. Like I, I have Uh that ability because my business is successful enough. And for you, like if you go to a park on the middle of the day on a Tuesday, like Mm -hmm. who are they to judge?
2: Yeah. It was hard at the beginning. People didn't quite understand because we were making, and I say it legitimately, we were making too much money. And that feels so weird for other people to hear, but we literally, we cut our income on purpose. Like I did not want to live in that kind of life. So no, we do not have too much money. We have enough to cover our means and enough to take the kids to Disneyland in a year. Like we, we have enough and it doesn't feel bad to say, you know, yes, he could go out and get another job and we would make double the income, but do we want that? No. Like I am okay. We have right. one car. Right. We have almost no debt. You know, it's that's the kind of life that we want to live. Mm-hmm. I don't want my kids to grow up in a space where every single weekend all they do is shop. That's not what I want for my children. And yep. if that means that I tell them yep. no on a regular basis, that's fine. Like, that's okay. That's okay to have this kind of life. You yeah. don't have to just go out, make all the money and spend your entire life buying things. It doesn't have to be that way.
1: Yep. Yep. So because he's home, because business is doing well, you're year in, what else is this opening up for you guys? What else is it opening up as business opportunities, as sweet chubby cheeks grows? Like, Y'all, are you going to be making tattoos forever not. in your
2: office? <laughs> I really hope not. I mean, in the <laughs> beginning, it was just kind of, orga- I mean, it still is. We follow the path of where our customers want us to go. And so that's right. kind of just been my driving force. It's like I take custom orders and I, uh, it's not that I don't like taking custom orders. It's that it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources, but it's always worth it in the end mm-hmm. because it tells me exactly what my customers are wanting. And so I just go yeah. where the customers are. And that has led to, you know, growth within our business, twists and turns within the products that we're selling. Mm-hmm. And when we when he quit his job, we took a family vacation at the end of the summer, and it's a 4-hour drive to property that his family has over in Eastern Washington. And you're literally on a mountaintop like it feels like you could reach your arm up and touch the stars. Like it's beautiful, mm-hmm. but there's no cell phone reception. So Yeah. Oh my God. It's amazing. Awesome. So the entire time that he's, he drove and I read the book, the E myth by Michael Gerber and in four hours, I finished Mm -hmm. the entire book. It was amazing. And so we spent basically the entire trip kind of going over what we want to this business to look like, what we want Mm -hmm. long-term five years, 10 years, that kind of thing. And I wrote down quote something that he had said which was basically we want to use this business as a catalyst to you know i can't remember exactly what it says but basically to use the business as a catalyst to to take advantage of other opportunities that come our way and so that's kind of where we're at mm-hmm. right now i feel like we're mm-hmm. at this fork in the road we can yes continue to make tutus for the rest of our life i don't know if my other shoulder is going to blow out and then i'll be like the t- you know that i'm not going to have <laughs> okay. any arms and Or, you know, we could get to the point where we're done living this lifestyle and we're ready to go back to the workforce and have typical nine to fives. But then there's this beautiful crystal, like clear path for me right now of opening up a retail space. And it's just one of those things like I get goosebumps talking about it because it just feels like the puzzle pieces are all kind of lining up. And so we're exploring this opportunity of switching gears and opening up a retail space that would be like 10% our products and then 90% small businesses and, and creating a place that people could purchase from a small business, supporting other small businesses, What what I've always wanted for Sweet Chubby Cheeks is to give the same opportunities that our family has been afforded to someone else's family. And, and that business would be that. And so I'm kind of at this, like, I want that legacy. I want that new adventure of being able to do what we've done.
1: I want to give that to other families. And well, especially now that the kids are a little bit older and heading into school, there's no better time, I feel like to explore it. And I think that's what's I would love for everyone just yes, on top of this entire conversation about spouse retirement, but he still has a not job. That he's retired. Yeah. He is working a hundred percent. He still has a job. Is is just because you're working your butt off and you're strategic for the thing that you're doing right now, like use that to leverage yourself for something else. It doesn't mean that that's what you're going to be working on when you're 70 years old, when you're 50 years old, like keep your eyes open and pay attention to the paths that are opening up to you because of the things that you're able to do now. And if, if having another body at home, helping you be in charge to make those decisions is the thing that, You need to say yes to right now in order to see that bigger picture, then hopefully this helped you figure that out. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. The kind of clarity that you gain as your business grows is kind of
2: a, it's like a learned trait. Like you can't just say one day, okay, now I want to know what I want to do for the rest of my life. It doesn't work like that. You have to be able to stretch yourself. And as your business grows, you have to grow. You have to... Be so open to the kind of the wax and wane yep. of life. You know, everything that that being a mother has become c- changes on a daily basis. Who you want to be, what the children need from you, everything is just kind of fluid. And to say to yourself, I'm going to be, you know, whatever, a digital market product-based <laughs> business for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm you know, okay, fine. That's fine to say, but when those opportunities come around, Mm -hmm. don't just shut yourself off because you've already decided, no, this is what I want to be for the rest of my life. You, you know, in my experience, it has always served us well to be completely fluid, to say things like, we're going to try this for three months. And if it doesn't work, that's okay. But at least we've given ourselves the, the chance and the opportunity to grow and to stretch and to just be fluid in what life is throwing at you.
0: Yeah, well, I love it. Before we jump into our next segment, I have one last question and that's around sure. mistakes. So, if there's well, yeah. something you could change and it could be a couple things. If you could go back over this past year and make some tweaks to how you brought your husband on or how he started taking over certain roles, what would you change about that relationship and how that all went down? So the number one thing
2: that I felt like was probably pretty detrimental to the business was that I stopped trusting my gut when mm-hmm. he quit. And I started to feel like we have to have the same relationship within our business that we do within our marriage. Mm-hmm. And our marriage is very 50-50, but I don't want to say 50-50 because it also is very fluid. Whatever mm-hmm. the other person needs, you know, you step up and give that to that person. And so I felt like I had to have that same experience within our business. So I stopped making decisions. I stopped following my gut. I started asking more of his opinion Mm. and things like that. I treated it more like a partnership and that like, because that's how our marriage is. But what has served me well within the business is that I am decisive and instantaneous and I see something, I want it, I go get it. And I, I let that slide. I, and so I never, I stopped having the follow through that I did have when I was growing the business, like, you know, triple every year. Yeah. And so I think that that was my number one mistake was that I lost myself within the business for, you know, nine months before Mm -hmm. I really got myself like, okay, I don't have to be the same kind of woman that I am within my Mm -hmm. marriage, within my business and within my, my now business partner. That's so Um, important. So, I feel like if I could pass on any advice, that would be that. Don't lose yourself in this transition. Don't, you know, don't think that you have to all of a sudden be a completely different person just because someone else is now added to the equation.
0: So, now let's jump into our segment talk strategy to me. And I want you to kind of go back and give some people some action steps. If they are interested in, quote unquote, retiring their husband, i.e. not really retiring them, but bringing them onto their (laughs) own business. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think they should start doing to make that a possibility? Um, what three to five things should they be striving towards to make that something that they could even think about in the next six months to a year?
2: Yeah. So, um, I think the number one thing is be really honest with each other about what your expectations will be for the next five, 10 years, and then try to align that as much as possible. So really be open and honest and have the kind of conversations that make you want to like leave the room because they're so mm-hmm. awkward and uncomfortable. But you, for those first few moments when you're deciding what you want to do and what you want it to look like, you have to have those conversations, you know. So number one is just being open and honest and completely transparent about what you expect. Um, In fact, in the beginning, when he quit, we used to have like weekly, you know, every other week meetings, like check-ins, like, hey, how are you? Like, is this working? Is this what you expected? Mm -hmm. What do you need from me? So I think that it would have probably helped us get to the place of me being able to like not lose myself in the business faster if we'd had those conversations prior to him quitting, where we could say like, mm-hmm. you know, this is what I want your role to be. Is that what you want your role to be? You know, just right. right. Yeah. I wish that we would have had more of those conversations prior to him quitting. So, so yeah, being completely open and honest with each other. Obviously number two is finances and making sure that mm-hmm. you have a backup plan and then also a backup to your backup plan. And then also yep, yep. A backup to your backup to your backup plan <laughs> and and feeling comfortable that you're not going to feel so stressed about every single sale or not sale mm-hmm. or missed opportunity or whatever, that that's not going to just wreck you and that you're not going to feel like, how are we going to make the mortgage at the end of the month? And for us, that looks like selling one of our cars so that we cut down mm-hmm. on car payment, gas, and insurance. We paid off as all of our student loans. So we set ourselves up to have minimal bills every month. So planning for that and making that happen, that was about a year long process. After I quit my job at the bank, he, we kind of dwindled down so that our monthly bills were were at the very like possible yeah. minimum. And then preparing like goals for the future. So using a Like, we didn't have the resources that you girls, like, where were you like a year ago? Um, The (laughs) My Business Horoscope, I always knew that I had numbers and that I was missing things. Like, I just, but I had zero idea. I didn't even know what to Google. Half my business, I've just Googled things and figured it out. But I literally, when it came to Mm -hmm. numbers and finances and projections and cash flow and, you know, things like that, cost of customers, ROI, I had zero idea what even I should know. and so. I mean, your course yeah. came out in February and I was like, give me all the information because this has been the missing piece. So <laughs> so if you're on mm-hmm. the the fence about like how to plan and how to do finances, things like that, and you have little to no idea about what you even need from your business numbers to kind of plan those projections, get my business horoscope. It's been a life. It's been like yeah. a lifesaver for us, really, because he's a hard number kind of guy. I'm like, a, well, there's money in the bank. We can spend it. And so for him, you know, to see actually on paper, what our business does, then that's been, yeah. that's been really helpful. How many is that? Number three. Love that. That's
1: okay. three. You're, all, you're <laughs> golden. Golden. Awesome. Well, tell everybody where they can hang out with you online and go check out your adorable, amazing shop.
2: Well, thank you. Um, so you can find us at sweetchubbycheeks.com. We are currently on Etsy, um, but I am launching our brand new website. Hopefully by the time this airs, you'll be able yeah. to actually go see us. Yeah. But oh, right honestly. now that, that website is pointed to our Etsy shop, so you can see all the goodness there. Um, and then we're on Instagram and Facebook at Sweet Chubby Cheeks and on Pinterest I have a long name so it's abbreviated sweet Chbychks,
1: but we've got fun pinterest boards there too so so that's where yeah i don't be. know any other business with a long ass name
2: <laughs> uh, it is like I, the people we get a lot of flack for our name too my poor husband i was like do you want me to make you business cards and he's like yeah no because i don't want to hand yes. someone a card that yeah, says no. I work at sweet chubby cheeks yeah I mean it it works in the business realm our kids have the fattest chubbiest cheeks and so it was something I would say like all the time oh my goodness look at your sweet chubby cheeks and so when the business started (laughs) it was just an easy
1: you know an easy
2: thing to call it so
1: that's adorable I love it I support it I'm down (laughs) with it (laughs) thank you so much for coming on that was super super helpful we really really appreciated chatting with you I know it was wonderful chat with you guys too
2: thank you